Hello and welcome to Healing From Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Energy Teacher, author of a trilogy with the newest edition, A New Life Awaits, Spirit Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our physical life challenges are not merely economic, political, or societal, but often a disconnect from our soul-guided inner essence. Today, I am delighted to welcome Dr. Bernard Bittman, author of Meaningful Coincidences, who, like Carl Jung, the father of spiritual psychology, has systemized the study of coincidences, and he is a graduate of the Yale Medical School and did his psychiatric residency at Stanford University. So he is a metaphysician and best of all worlds, medicine and spirit. Hello, Dr. Beitman, and thank you for joining us today. And like the many coincidences that I have with my intuitive and insightful guests, the name of my first book, Life is No Coincidence, The Life and Afterlife Connection, shows how coincidences or messages from spirit guided me to study Reiki and develop a practice as a medium and helped others begin to see the value of seeing life not only through the senses but through an intuitive connection to universal source. So, you yourself are a Vitruvian man, merging the best of Western medicine in alignment to the history and spirituality of humanity. Bernard, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my guests and I share intimate, amusing, prophetic stories that open the mind and heart to the true nature of life in its duality or physical and spiritual aspects for in knowing more of the complete nature of self, we learn to create or manifest the best quality of life. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Bernard Beitman shares and dissects the, the autonomy of a coincidence and defines coincidence types through their fundamental constituents, external events and physical events, and through meaningful coincidences, he emphasizes that synchronicity and serendipity, though mostly positive, also can have their shadow side. By detailing how to report your experiences, he explains how to find patterns guiding life decisions which help you to be ready to use them when they occur. Bernard, I always love to ask my intuitive and imaginative guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have signaled to them or those around them what their life path or destiny might be in adulthood. So, think back. I don't have to think. It comes to you immediately? Well, I, it's it's the story that got me started. I'm just, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, not, uh, not clear about your question, at least in my life. And in my book, uh, meaningful coincidences, I, I dedicate the book to, uh, my dog snapper 
as well as my father because uh, I had a meaningful coincidence with Snapper uh, that uh, I still uh, feel emotionally connected to. And it was one of the things that drove me to wanting to study coincidences more. Tell us the story. I think it began when you were about nine years old. You think correctly. I was about eight or nine, and um, I had uh, come home from school, elementary school, and I uh, looked around the yard, and uh, I said, Hey, Mom, where's Snapper? For some reason, she was standing in the front door. Uh, and I, and she said, I don't know. Uh, why don't you go to the police station? Maybe they know. Wow, that so was I got back that was scary. Hey, tell me what you think of that. I've, I've asked people what they think of my what my mother said there. Well, as a child, I would have been very scared if my mother had said that someone's lost. Go go to the police station because I would have known how serious it is. And you were, I'm sure, a very intuitive, smart kid, so I don't know why. You want me to guess why I think she said that? Yeah, please do. Well, she knew he was lost, and she didn't know what to do, and she thought you would handle it. She had that much confidence in you. You know, I think you hit it right on the nail there. Uh, uh, way to go. Uh, yeah. I hadn't heard it that um that's really something. Um, yeah. But go she on to. Confidence. Yeah, what happened next? She had that confidence. Uh, so I got back on my bike and uh, went back to my elementary school because I had to cross the, the blacktop and some of the grassy fields to get to the big road uh, where I knew uh, the police station was, but it was across the big road. Uh, it was uh, something I hadn't crossed before, never did. So I, I crossed at the stoplight and then went down the sidewalk to the um, stairs that led up to the police station, parked my bike at the at the bottom and walked up the stairs and walked up some more stairs. And there was this very big door. And somehow I got it open and I walked in and there was a very big desk. And behind this very big desk stood this very big man. And mm. I said to him, have you seen my dog? And he said, sorry, son, no. Mm. Well. Now you're I on your start... own again. Yep. So I started crying um, and went down the stairs and got back on my bike. And instead of going back the way I came, I just started pedaling on the same side of the road that I hadn't been on. It went right instead of left. And I was pedaling for, I don't know, a little while. And um, I looked up, and there was a dog coming toward me. And that dog had a walk, a sideways walk, that was the way Snapper walked. And I just is that Snapper, I wondered? And we got closer to each other, and yes, it was. We ran into each other, um, and uh, he jumped up on my leg, and uh, to this day, I think he said that that moment, I think he said, where have you been? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he was looking for you. You were looking for him, and yep. and something, a coincidence, or a messenger from 
the divine above, universal source, brought you together. Yeah, nothing's a coincidence. We do have help from another dimension of reality or life. And you tell another coincidence uh, that was very interesting. When you were 31. Yeah, and that's about my father. Um, Yeah. uh, I was uh, standing at a sink uh, in a Victorian house in the Fillmore District of San Francisco. It was 11 p.m. on February 26th. And I was choking. I had something in my throat, it seemed like, and I couldn't get it out of my throat. Mm. I choked and coughed and choked and coughed and choked and coughed. And finally, it seemed like quite a while, five minutes, ten minutes, I don't know. I really don't know. I was just stuck on trying to not... Yeah, you were struggling, coughing and choking like that. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. Yeah. Scary. Another scary thing. (laughs) It was scary. Yeah. Um, definitely scary. Um, so uh, it stopped. The choking stopped. And uh, I went to bed. And the next morning, my brother called. Um, he was in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, my father was in the hospital there. We thought he was getting better. Um, and my brother told me that uh, our father had bled into his throat and choked on his own blood and died choking on his own blood. Mm. So you were feeling it, and you were across the country, 3,000 miles away. So the experience of meaningful coincidences, you write this, have expanded my awareness of my mind and heart, of the heart and mind of others, and the natural world around us. Coincidences have contributed to my psychological and spiritual development and guided me in my academic career and helped grow my relationships. And that's exactly what coincidences are supposed to do. They are part of a spiritual way of growing, our personal growth, and our collective growth as well. So you, you seem to have learned that pretty early on and become fascinated by it. And I'm sure it has helped you much in your medical practice, in your relationships, and in um, experiencing a good quality of life. I would say that. Yes? You can say I will say yes, that's true. That's true. Okay, great. So let's go on to what might be the purpose of knowing coincidences? Uh, I thought you just said why, because they help in so many aspects of life. Well, you write something else about it. So you you, you go on to dis, to tell us that synchronicities and serendipities and a new term that you developed yourself, it was... Simulpathity, yeah. Yes, are all part of coincidences. And um, you mentioned Carl Jung, who was into synchronicity. He's one of my favorites. Whenever I have a guest that we can talk about him, I think he was amazing because he wanted to heal people by getting them to know they didn't have to keep going over the past and their uh, tragedies and traumas, and they could create something new in the present moment. 
and let the past and memories that were uh, unhappy just be there and not bring it into our present reality. So I love talking about him. And you mention him uh, as, you know, a guide to synchronicity, meaningful coincidences. And then you mention Horace Walpole's, who talks about happy accidents or serendipity, and Paul Kamerer's uh, seriality. So I, I found that very interesting uh, that the people that you spoke about were part of your learning experience. So, well, I had to figure it out for me. I mean, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an, I'm a recovering academic. Some people describe it as. I've been an academic most of my life, and not now, but I'm still trying to figure stuff out, and the freedom of being. Uh, not in academics uh, and be able to explore the way I want to uh, has been part of the reason I've been able to find out more and more about meaningful coincidences. Uh, I've done some some data-based research, which is what's required in academics, and I put together a, something called the Weird Coincidence Survey, which is uh, a way to first tell individuals how they how sensitive they are to coincidences, and this is a valid and reliable scale, which is hard to do. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of help to, to create such a scale, and it's also a way of what I was wanting to do is wanting to know just what kind of coincidences with what frequency are most commonly felt and experienced by people. So that's what that that's what that survey was for, and people can go to my website uh, coincider.com c-o-i-n-c-i-d-e-r a coincider is someone who experiences a lot of coincidences coincider.com and you can take uh, you can take the weird coincidence survey uh, if, if you want to see get a, a measure of how sensitive you are to coincidences so that's what i've done academically uh, but i also as an academic recognize if you're going to start a new science you've got to have a good description of what you wanted to, what you want the science to have in it, and so I came up with the four words from the people that you just mentioned: Carl Jung, uh, Paul Kammerer, and Horace Walpole. Horace Walpole, and my own word, simultaneity, to try to break down some of the appearances of meaningful coincidences, how they, in different ways, manifest. To uh, us human beings here, and Jung um, Jung invented the term synchronicity. Uh, he uh, wrote about he wrote a book called Synchronicity later in his career. He was afraid to publish it uh, or his ideas earlier because he thought people would make fun of him, uh, and it was a new idea, and it became um, a, a challenge to get it out into the world. And part of what I'm here to do uh, is get meaningful coincidences out into more public awareness, just the way you have been able to talk about meaningful coincidences with the knowledge that knowledge that you have, which I so much respect and appreciate. And you're helping what I need to do and what the Coincidence Project is trying to do is help people become more sensitive to coincidences because they can be big help in our lives. Yes, absolutely. Really they are a gift, a gift of energy and spirit to guide us, to help us, and to get us out of our ego or mind-based reality 
uh, to understand from our heart that uh, we're both a physical and spiritual being. Uh, absolutely. And I like what you said, uh, that you had to get out of your academics. Me too. I mean, I, I had to dis, you know, to discard many of my beliefs uh, from my childhood and my teachers and and uh, living in the physical world to start to uh, use my intuition and my empathic ability to know and feel so much. And it's been the greatest gift in my life uh, to discover that we're more than our physical being. And that's what coincidences help us to know. And um, you tell so many wonderful coincidences. Um, Let's see if I can go back to one here. Oh, microbiologist Alexander Fleming was looking for a new antibiotic in 1928. And what did he find? Um, He was looking for a new antibiotic, and in 1921, he kind of got a hint because uh, he was growing um, bacteria on a Petri dish, and he had a cold that day in 1921, and some of his nasal drippings hit the petri dish. Yeah. Uh, he didn't blow his nose, I guess. Um, which is the way things happen. If you, you accidents uh, can often be um, uh, useful as well as uh, painful. Um, but happy accidents are the ones that Alexander Fleming illustrated by his behavior. So he he saw the, this this nasal dripping hit the petri dishes and what he saw the nasal drippings do is is create a circle where the bacteria were growing and it looked like the drippings were killing the bacteria on the petri dish and ended up calling it a halo of inhibition because you saw this halo around where other where some of the bacteria was growing and that halo was where the, the his uh, nasal drippings had fallen. So there was something in the nasal drippings, what uh, ended up being called lysozymes, which um, which melted the cell walls of these bacteria, and then therefore killed them. But it was really hard to get somebody to have a lot of nasal drippings to create <laughs> antibiotics from. Yeah. That was a little daunting. But at least he had an accident that was that sensitized uh, Dr. Fleming uh, to what he might be able to see, even though he didn't know that was going to happen. So in 1928, as you were mentioning, uh, he returned from a vacation, and uh, the Scotsman that he was, he did not clean his petri dishes out before he left, but he wanted to see what happened in the dishes. Uh, and so when he came back, he found some petri dishes in the sink, uh, having that same halo of inhibition he saw when uh, the nasal drippings hit the petri dish. And around that halo of inhibition was a golden fuzzy stuff, um, which was a fungus, which came to be known as uh, the penicillin fungus, because that fungus was excreting penicillin and killing the bacteria uh, that it came in contact with, again by uh, melting the, the breaking open the cell 
walls of the bacteria. So he says, hey, it looks like the same thing. Maybe there's some way that this works, but I don't know what it is. And he's a very boring speaker, so when he talked about it, nobody was listening particularly. And without going through a lot of the detail, a series of coincidences that required many different people um, led to um, a search in Peoria, Illinois, for uh, a source for this penicillin mold. And they wanted a source that made a lot of penicillin. So they needed some kind of penicillin type and the proper place for it to grow in order for them to make the mass quantities they needed in 1945. Because you have to keep in mind that a lot of soldiers died because they got infections yes. from from bullets and cannon stuff. And that's how they died, not so much about being shot, but from the infections that mm -hmm. came later. So he wanted to be able to help the guys on the battlefield not die of infections. And so they needed mass quantities. They had figured out that penicillin was an antibiotic, but so they need a lot of it. So they sent people from the military around the world looking for uh, good penicillin mold. Well, in Peoria, Illinois, they have um, a place uh, that had store corn liquor, which was a great medium in which to grow the penicillin mold uh, because it, it, they really got along together. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what they wanted to bring the, the where other penicillin mold that they found around the world to this place where they could grow uh, grow it in the in the corn in the corn liquor. So. Sent people out, but there was a laboratory assistant, the laboratory associate, a son named Mary, um, who went down to the farmer's market in Peoria, Illinois, 1944-1945, and saw a cantaloupe with a lot of mold on it in the same golden color that everybody was looking for. Well, it turned out right under their noses in Peoria, Illinois, or not someplace in the world, but Right there in Peoria, Illinois, Mary had found the penicillin mold that made mass quantities of penicillin. Amazing. But you know what? You also tell a story about Carl Jung. We'll get back to him for a minute. How he was awoken by a dull headache as though something had struck his forehead and then the back of his skull. What happened next? Well, he, he was... Uh, he was um, giving a talk in some place uh, outside of uh, Zurich, where he where he lived and had his practice, and he was awoke, awakened just like you, as you said, with a this this feeling in his head, especially in the back of his head, and he found out uh, around that time one of his patients had shot himself in the forehead, and the bullet had landed in the back of his skull. So you call this simulpathy, and this yes, is what happened. This is what happened to you with your father, and I am—I consider myself an empath, and have lots of coincidences. Uh, I feel things very deeply. Um, if I meditate, I can pick it up from a client of mine, what, where they're suffering, what what what's happening with them. And so uh, you seem to 
he had that ability also. And so do you. If you had that for your father, it's not only a coincidence, it's a sensitivity in the body of some people where they can yes. just feel yeah. it and know it. And it helps it helps the other person if you can. Sometimes you can help the other person with this empathic awareness and it's a wonderful thing. But you mentioned earlier about the planet and what I would like our listeners to know is that meaningful coincidences can't be just about you. Uh, they have to be about your relationships, not with just the people around you, but with the people in our world. Yes, because we are absolutely, yes. Correct. You hit it on the head. Yeah, it's for improving the world. Yeah. And so I'm... I heard that from you, too. And I wonder... Uh, I'll tell you how I think meaningful coincidences can help, and I'd like to hear how you think they can help not just individuals, but help uh, what I call the collective human organism, that we are one organism, us human beings. We are one energy. Yeah, yeah. Energy is shared by everyone on the planet, and uh, that's another reason you were able to know your father was in trouble, and Young was able to know his his client had died. Uh, yeah, energy is not restricted to any place or time, because there is no time and space. Everything is happening in the past, present, and future simultaneously. And we can be in this present present moment, you and I discussing these things, but a part of our energy is observing other things at the same time. That's a little. That was a hard concept for me to grasp. It took, actually, may, maybe years, but it is the truth nonetheless. That is how expansive our soul energy is, and our soul energy at the present minute moment is residing in this body. You know, I'm Cheryl, and you're Bernard at this moment, but. We are many other uh, essences of life, and uh, it's a beautiful thing to know. So I want to thank you, Dr. Bernard Bittman, author of Meaningful Coincidences, for showing us that each of us has more to do with creating coincidences than we think. Coincidences expand our our reality, and we can use these occurrences to inspire psychological, interpersonal, and spiritual growth. To learn more and to utilize your own unique coincidences for creating a more purposeful, joyful life, go to coincider.com. And to purchase this book, go to amazon.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we may conclude... All of us have experienced coincidences that piqued our curiosity, brought us information that helped us in some way, and often just amused us. In my book, The Living Spirit, I wrote, sometimes we find the most resistance among those closest to us. Most of my own relatives 
are grounded in the practical aspects of life, and it's difficult for them to let go of antiquated belief systems and consider the idea that energy, thoughts, and all our memories survive even after leaving the physical body. My cousin Eric, on the other hand, is more receptive to these spiritual ideas, so I felt comfortable relaying a story about her mother, my Aunt Gladys, who had passed away some years before. Aunt Gladys had been coming through with humorous messages at my unfoldment group. After I finished telling Erica this, Erica told me about a coincidence that she specifically asked me to include in this book. Her middle son, Justin, had been born on her father's birthday, and her father had passed long, long before Justin's birth. Now 13, Justin would have his bar mitzvah on the 12th of January, which was her mother's birthday. Erica felt, and I agree, that these two important dates were signs that Justin still had a connection to his grandparents in spirit. The fact that her mother was also coming through to me brought her coincidence full circle. Gladys was reaching out to let us know she is still around and still loves her family. Most of us have experiences like these, but dismiss them as crazy. When we do this or allow others to do it to us, we disconnect from our loved one in spirit and their messages. Dr. Bernard Beitman and I would like you to remember that when you start to recognize coincidences as messages from spirit to guide and help us find more joy, health, and purpose in life, your soul will have awakened to the eternal truths of the universe and life will be intrinsically enhanced for your personal growth and happiness. I am Cheryl Glick, author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to leaders in the metaphysical, scientific, spiritual, medical, psychological, energy healing fields, and the arts and music who seek to know answers that may explain life on both the physical and divine expressions, connecting all that is and leading us past fear, limitation, and separation. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.